This is the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from GoBundance. The tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous people who choose to live epic lives. Listen Tuesdays for featured guests and Fridays for GoBundance member spotlights. But listen always to hear how our guests have grabbed life big. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gruber. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. We've got a GoBundance Women's member in today, Julie Gates. She is a real estate investor. She's an entrepreneur. She loves being a property manager. She's the pride of Savannah, Georgia, and she's here with me today. It's great to see you, Julie. Thank you. It's an honor. Yeah, I'd love having you here. I think uh, I, I forget who, but somebody sent me you. Maybe it was Mandy or Mandy the Beast McAllister. Yep. Was it her? Right. It was One Mandy of my or Shelby. People. Yeah, they're both amazing people. And they said, like, you got to have her on. And I think we had that text connection. And I'm glad that we got you here today. So let's hear a little bit more about you. You've got all these things I just listed out that you're doing, but give us a bit of the backstory up through today. Yep. Um, I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee, and I've been in Savannah about 20 years. I love I've lived all over the world, but I belong in the South and I'm, I plan to stay here. Uh, and I've been married to uh, my husband, Don, about almost 21 years. And, um, he's from Tennessee as well. God bless him. Love Tennessee boys. And, um, so I'm actually a speech therapist. I practiced for quite a while. And then when my husband and I opened his business, uh, I kind of pulled back from that and then ended up in real estate. We started really looking at our future and wanting to be able to retire when you're self-employed, you don't have this huge 401k or, you know, a pension coming. And we said, well, what are we going to do? So we started, we had already been buying real estate, but that's when we really turned to focusing on real estate and we started buying it. And then ironically, I got, I started a management company just for our own uh, real estate. I had no intention of managing for anyone that did, I didn't even think of it. And then I started being, um, I fell into short-term rentals kind of on my own, just fell in love with short-term rentals. Uh, I have some long-term rentals as well and commercial in my portfolio, but you'll never hear me speak about any of those. It's all short-term rentals all day. So uh, once I got into short-term rentals, um, just could not stop talking about it. And when you talk about what you do all the time, people start going, oh, I know so-and-so. And so um, I was buying a house and met this wonderful couple at the closing table and they said, what are you going to do with the house? And I said, well, I'm going to turn into a long short, which is a, a model I guess I should probably talk about. Um, so they said, what's that? You know, so I explained the long short and they said, oh, we have five Airbnbs here in Savannah. And I said, no kidding. So anyway, long story short, I wanted to purchase two more of their homes. They were older real estate investors. I really liked them very much. And um, I called, he called to tell me that he was, that he would accept my offer. He said, I'll take, you know, what you're offering. I had kind of lowballed him because I'm cheap. And he said, I'll finance it for you, which that was one of my conditions. And he said, the only, there's one condition. I said, what's that? He said, you're going to have to manage my five Airbnbs. And I said, well, heck yeah, I'll manage your five Airbnbs. And I had never managed for anyone, but you know, fake it till you make it. So I said, sure, I'll, I can do that. I'm already managing my own. You know, I mean, I had a clue, but I had just wasn't like an official property manager. So I owe them a lot. I still manage for them. They've told all their friends and their friends have told their friends. And um, so I spread out in Savannah and then I went nationwide with it back in May and I'm really enjoying it. So um, how, how many total units do you manage at this point then nationwide? I get asked that every day and we're growing. It's under a yeah. hundred right now. Um, wow. I've got a lot. I'm onboarding 
probably 25 right now. So it's hard to tell, you know, every day we're adding two to three more, you know, to what we're doing, but it's, I'm not sure it's under a hundred at this time. So what's the, what does that team look like to manage all of that? Is it just you? Do you have a couple assistants? Like, what does that look like? I have a staff of about six, if you count what's on my payroll. And then of course we have service providers everywhere. You know, I've got to have cleaning teams. I've got to have handymen. I have a bug guy that will come within a few hours, uh, seven days a week. You know, you've got to have a pretty extensive uh, service list. So it's hard to say, but as far as employees, about six, I have 24 seven service for the guests. Um, Short-term rentals is the hotel business essentially. And so there is a very high level um, expectation of customer service. And it used to be me. I mean, I really, I had one assistant for several years with this and it's just in 2021 that I really started added on staff and it allowed me to just really grow much more quickly. So um, I've kind of moved from doing everything. I've went for, I moved from a, an S, what is it? An S to a B, I want to say. I love that cash yeah, yeah. contract. Uh, Look. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Business right. owner from a sing- right. self-employed. Yeah. Self-employed yep. to a B. I'm really proud to say that because, you know, you kind of get stuck in that yeah. mode of doing it all yourself. But I really saw where once I'm added in the staff, I was able to grow and, and do a better job, you know, ultimately take on more properties. So. When you manage nationally, um, you know, obviously your team, I'm assuming, isn't like in every market that you're in. So eyes on the ground, do you trust the vendors? Are the owners sort of expected to say, hey, look, I'm managing this, but you don't go drive by once a week or once a month. Like, how do you how do you ensure like, you know, that you, you can see what's happening at these properties? If that makes sense. That's a very good question. Here in Savannah, after full service property management. And the owner is going to cash the checks. And nationwide, it's a reduced service. They are very aware that I am in Savannah. I will not be touching the home. So it's a little bit of a different model. Um, But in this industry, you know, the returns, it's all about the returns, right? I'm an investor and I really prefer to manage for other investors. I'm not necessarily, you know, just going after the guy with one house. You know, I've got guys with an apartment complex and he can't rent three of the units. So I'm going to come in and be a service to his property management company or, you know, there's all different ways to do it. Um, Short-term rentals are really the wild, wild west right now. There are no rules. And that is where I excel because I don't, typically follow rules. You know, I like to just make it up as I go. Um, I enjoy being very unique and thinking outside the box. And um, I actually have purposely bought a lot of Airbnbs that that can't run as Airbnbs. And that's when I started doing the long shorts, which is um, kind of one of my specialties. It's probably half of my portfolio. Um, but that's a that's a fully furnished rental of 30 days or more. Um, so I, I'm going to buy a house where you can't have a short-term rental. Well, guess what? There is no competition whatsoever. But there are a lot of people that are very nomadic. I've been doing this since 2017, where I have these longer term rentals and I do I have great Internet for them, everything. And you can't find them. I mean, most hosts are scared to have someone stay longer than two weeks. You know, most some are scared to have pets, whatever. I really kind of go after the niche market. And so with the long short, it's done really well. Uh, a lot of traveling professionals here in Savannah. I have the movie industry. I've got travel nurses. Um, then COVID hit and something I was already doing very successfully just exploded. It just went nuts. Uh, it's a great way to get around HOAs, uh, city restrictions. Uh, and, and it's not illegal. It's legal. It's just I'm not you're, you're not going to have a party crowd. You're not going to have, you know, the typical things that you hear in a short term rental. So. I really enjoy that model very much. I, I do both. I do short-term rentals, but my favorite model is the long short long with short. the traveling professionals. I had that written really, down. To, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Well, I was going to say, I really envision in the future, I think, you know, they're expecting 20 to 30% of millennials in the future to never sign a lease, never buy a home. They're going to just travel from place to place and I'm going to have the inventory for them. I will be managing it. I'll be like, call me. Where do you want to go for two months? Detroit. Okay. No problems. Like I'm really going after that market pretty hard. I, look, I mean, my my lifestyle design uh, goal yeah. was to be able to travel 90 days a year, right? right? And we we just did 30 days in the Dominican. We did like family right. and resort there, but we did a long-term Airbnb in South Florida. It was hard to find one that would exactly. allow the entire month to go, but we finally did. And, uh, right. and it was a great experience. So that makes sense. I was going to ask you about the strategy when you said it. I had it written down here in circle, like long short. Yeah. What does that mean? Long makes short. sense. Is there a certain type of asset? that you target or like size of asset, or is there a certain avatar of individual besides millennial? Like, is this like a five bedroom home that you do? Or are they more like one bedroom apartments for these long shorts? Is there an ideal mix? I'm just kind of curious what, yeah. what's the asset that fits best in a long short as far as you're concerned? In my opinion, and I get to ask this all the time, for a long short, I like two bedrooms or less. Um, oh, wow. The people that are traveling around tend to be a solo traveler or a couple. Um, and we do have families and I hope to see more of that. Uh, and I would never turn down a long short. I am really proud to say this. It is not my home. I manage it. Don't let me act like it's mine. But this lady brought me a four bedroom in Las Vegas. Well, guess what? Las Vegas doesn't like short term rentals. She heard me on a podcast like this. She said, I have a fully furnished four bedroom home in Las Vegas. And I was like, Ah, I was a little nervous because I know the market and it's it, they're more expensive. Right. So it's a little tougher. And I said, I will do my absolute best for you. And I think it took us six days. We had that thing rented for, I think about 50 nights. And I was so excited because getting that first booking, now I've got a 50 night lead time to find her another one. But when someone hands me an empty four bedroom house, you cannot believe the stress it is. I get so worried because I want to do a good job for him, but it just shows you the need for these homes. And it was a traveling professional. He needed to be in Vegas, you know, for a job. And uh, he was thrilled to find the house and he's bringing his family. So it's becoming more and more common but the most common that I see, like I said, are the solos and the couples. It's just a lot easier to move around with two people than it is once you have children. I do think it's coming, though. Yeah, no, I think so, too. And and you're right. I think the the alternative education sources that are out there are making right. it more free for people to travel, even with kids. Homeschooling is becoming much right. more popular. Do you um do you find that the folks, whether they're, you know, the one to two bedrooms solo or, or, or couple or even the families are these? Well, the family might be a little different, but. The solo and the and the and the couple. You mentioned millennials are less likely to sign a lease, buy a house. Is that what you're finding now? Are that is that like is there a home situation where they don't really have a a home base and they just travel, or do they then air or do they have one and Airbnb that out while they go out on the road? What does that look like for their lifestyle? Do you have any sense of that? Right now, um, what I'm seeing is people are doing this you know, they have both, they've got a home base, but they're also hitting the road. But in the future, the expectation is in this market that they don't even have that home base. But most of them right now do have a home base and their job or whatever is paying them enough that they can afford to handle both. But it is expensive. I mean, when you're moving into a place that's fully furnished, all utilities, internet, it's not going to be 1200 bucks a month. Okay. It's going to be a good bit more than that. Uh, but people, they want to be, they have the freedom to be where they want to go. You know, a lot of time the issue is finding the houses. Uh, the other, the huge push I'm going after now, I have a business partner in a startup and um, we're going after the tech professionals. They make great money, yeah. but they have 
four basic needs. They need high-speed internet, a desk, a desk chair, and one to two spare monitors. And we're finding and sourcing these homes for them. And there's a, I mean, people are going nuts. And it's so funny because I would never travel with an extra monitor personally. I just, I don't even think like that a laptop. I'm fine. And I do have an extra monitor in my home office, but I don't have to have it, you know, but um, I've talked to so many people about my startup. We actually launched next month and um, they're like, oh, my husband always travels with two monitors. It's so weird. I'm like, really? Until I got hooked up with these tech guys that have the same need. And, you know, they, they heard what I was doing. This, my partner heard me on a different podcast about the long short and he was like, help me, help me, you know? So we have that minimum standard. Airbnb doesn't have that right now, for example, where you have to have any, you know, office supplies. But in order to be on this site, the homeowner does have to provide those extra items. It's a couple hundred bucks and you get this amazing source of of guests in your home. You know, they tend to be tech professionals. They're used to working off of two or three screens. And if you can provide these small items, they will pay extra for it. And um, I'm going after it. I'm looking to really fill in these needs that no, I'm I'm looking under rocks where no one's looking. You know, I like to be ahead of the curve. That's my dogs are going nuts. So I muted for a second there, but they'll, they'll calm down. They'll calm down. So um, this is, I don't know how to ask the question, but I've had a lot of GoBundance Women members on. Short-term rental is the one permeating theme amongst every short, every woman I've had or most women that I've had on. What's going on over there? Give me some insight. What's going on over on the GoBundance Women side? Is this part of like, you know, have you have you all like kind of gone into this at the same time in that mastermind, in that tribe? Or are you just all finding your way there? Like what's happening over there? And I guess the secondary question is, is this is this part of where you get the ideas and inspiration or whatever to kind of unlock this business that you're in, this short term rental business? Okay. In answer to your last question, no, I came in to GoBundance Women already with oh, everything I just told you. Gotcha. I've gr- I've grown more since being in abundance, but absolutely. These are things I've been working on since 2017 and doing, you know, full-time since 2017. And, and I just joined in 2020, but anyway, um, so I've been working this uh, for a while, yeah. but I want to say that the market is crazy right now. Like it's really hard to make a great return with a long-term rental. Um, it, it's just finding those deals. I'm sure you hear it every day. Finding those deals is difficult, but if you can furnish it and get an juice and extra return, you know, that's where the advantage is. So it's actually, I wouldn't say it's just go bonus women. I would say in general, short-term rentals are the hot ticket on the market just because you can get a bigger return. Um, and we're doing really well with it. And I was speaking of short-term rentals and the governance spot, you know, I am, I don't know how you say it, but I'm, doing, I'm kind of leading out the short-term rentals on that side. And we have a pod and it's open to the men as well. As long as they're in abundance, men and women can come to our short-term rental pod. And um, we meet every two weeks. It is fantastic. The amount of learning. Um, It sounds crazy, but my favorite thing is when someone brings in an issue that they've had, because that's the best learning opportunity. We learn when we fail, right? And having, you know, 15, 20 people go, hey, have you thought of this? Can you try this? You know, whatever. It's really great. We have different speakers coming in. Um, So the the guys are welcome too. They do come and it's kind of a unique opportunity. I'm I'm really proud of this, uh, this pod because we've really been able to just add a lot of value to people's lives with it. And um, everybody's growing. That, that shows up, they are all adding to their portfolio and doing really well. So I do want to extend that invitation. 
Beautiful. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't know that. And that's awesome. And and for you to be in it five years at this point, like that's yeah. like veteran level. Like right. I mean, people have come into it so recently. I mean, right. even me, I'm looking at maybe my first one here coming up. Right. So, right. so many people come into so recently. five years is like, you've seen a lot in that time. So it makes sense yeah. that you're bringing this up. That's incredible. No, I appreciate that. I want to talk a little bit more about you for a second. You said a couple of things to, at the jump that, uh, that interested me. Uh, you said you lived all over the world. What are some places you lived in and why? Um, I have go there, do that itis. I love to go. I don't sit still very long. And I think that's one reason I like short-term rentals. I have an attention span that's about this long, you know, like I, I'm not one that'll just focus for seven years on one thing. You know, I'm I'm in this general uh, area, but I do enjoy change. I always say in this business, I get paid in stories. I love the crazy. I love when stuff happens. I like what? You know, I just had one today. It's really random. You know, I just, I love the weird stories. But anyway, so like I said, I started in Nashville and then I went to Chattanooga for college. And then I actually lived in Europe for a while. I studied in France, loved that, moved uh, from from France. I actually moved to Honolulu, Hawaii, and I was there for a year, loved that so much. And then ended up in LA for four years. Um, that's where I, I finished my bachelor's degree and my master's degree in LA. And I really enjoyed uh, Southern California. I was I'm a huge snowboarder. I cannot express to you enough how much I love to snowboard. And I think I had a part-time residence at Mammoth Mountain when I was there. I love Mammoth. Um, so LA was awesome. Um, got, it was weird because I met my husband in Tennessee in college, but then bumped into him years later when I lived in LA. He was out there no in medical school, if you can believe that. I bumped right into him and I was like, oh my gosh, I serendipity. know you. you know? That's serendipity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he did residency in South Carolina, which that's what brought us to the, we call the low country is the coastal South, which is where I, I am in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, so we moved from LA to South Carolina and then out to Texas, if you can believe that. And then now we have, I, you know, this is going to be our permanent base, Savannah. We have had our kids here and everything. So yeah, I really, but we traveled a ton. My husband actually was born in Bolivia, raised in Peru. His parents were missionaries. So that's one of the things that really drew me to him was his, uh, he's better at Spanish than I am, unfortunately. I say, the funny thing is I'll tell everyone that I'm fluent in Spanish and I'm so, I'm not. And then Don will say he speaks a little bit of Spanish, but he's totally fluent. Like I embarrass my kids. I, I have other language Tourette's. If I speak some of a language, I will talk all day. I I mess up like 12 languages, but I can get across town. I can get you a burger. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm, a, you know, I'll use it. So I really wow. enjoy other languages very much, actually. That's, That's like I'm a curious. party trick. I could take yeah. I could take yeah. 12 minutes of one language and turn it into an entire, entire yeah. discussion. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was in El Salvador once and my husband was like, Julie, stop talking. I'm like on in Spanish, blah, 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 blah. And my kids are like, what did she say? And my husband goes, <laughs> I shouldn't even say this, but my husband goes, she just told the man, <laughs> I can't even say it. I had told the guy in El Salvador that, that <laughs> I told the guy that Dawn was pregnant and my kids are like, mom, mom, like they're just so embarrassed. And I was dying. I was absolutely dying laughing. I'm sorry. I embarrassed That's my children. All awesome. The time. That's oh, what I I will talk to you all day in Spanish. I really will. And I'm, I'm just okay at it. Well, the person you said this to, could you tell from their expression that you just said something really weird? Yes. And I had no, I mean, they kind of looked at my husband like this, 
But I mean, what does that mean? Like, okay, yeah. you gave Don the side eye. Like, I'm. I have no shame. I don't care. I my, I tell my kids all the time. We'll never see these people right. again. Right. It's yeah. fine. It's really, and we won't. You know. <laughs> yep. That's yeah. So awesome. that's kind of my specialty is embarrassing my children in third world countries. That's what I do. I that's love what it. I do. I It'll love be it. Fine. You know, I was going to ask you at one point and, and, you know, in the text, I think there was something about weird, like, and you're like, oh, I'm weird. I like being weird. And before we started recording, you said the same thing, like, I'm yeah. weird. I like being weird. And I'm looking you know, you're a normal seeming person. Yeah. Like, I don't know really weird. I see curtains in the background. It's, you know, there's not like anything crazy I've seen here. Yeah. Now I get it. Embrace now, the weird. Now I get it. Anyone that's just trying to be like everybody else. Yeah, you know, like I'm trying not to be like anybody else. I like that's that. what I when I can meet someone that's like when I go to a party, I'm gonna seek out the freak show. That's gonna entertain me. Yep. You know, the guy that ha or the chick maybe that has it all together. Okay, cool. You know, there's a hundred of those. Like, yeah, ha have fun and quit worrying about what everybody thinks. And guess what? You can make money being weird. I do it every day. And that's where short-term rentals come in. Like I have a house that's named cake. It has cake everywhere, but you can do that when you're in short-term rentals. Like you can just put cupcakes and all kinds of stuff everywhere. And I just, I love it. Like it just goes with my personality. Amazing. This, this past year I had a baker stay at cake and I was like, my oh. life is over. I, I was like, I have reached, you know, the pinnacle. I have a baker staying in cake. Like I was thrilled. They were thrilled. It was great. I'm just weird like that. I'm sorry. That don't know. No need to apologize. <laughs> Not at all. I think that is so, so awesome. And I love what you said. It's like, you know, just be you, do you in this short term rental yeah. thing, how it how it's less. A, I mean, it's a business, but it's more of like an extension of you, extension of your personality. Right. I think right. that's there's so much wisdom in that that I'm taking like. That's what I have to think about. Like, what do I do? And is it an extension of, of, of me or not? We talked about that Steve Jobs quote before, right? Like, it's, it's kind of that. Like, you know, what am I going to do today? If it were my last day on earth, would I enjoy it? And you obviously are lit up when you talk about your short-term rental business and all that you're doing and embarrassing your kids and all that stuff. I think it's great. You might need to move to Austin, though, because I think isn't Austin the weird town? I, you know, I probably should. I've heard that. I've been to Austin, but yes, that's true. Embrace, you know, keep Austin weird. Keep Austin weird. one of those uh, bumper stickers. Yeah. I just, I think whatever you do, and it can be, you can be a nurse, you know, it doesn't matter. You should bust out laughing at least once every day. Like that's really one of my goals is just to like, I just want to have a good laugh. And, and I've already had a couple of really random things happen today just work-wise, you know, and I love it. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'm going to run with that. So oh, that's amazing. That's inspiring. My, uh, to your point about like, um, uh, you know, it's kind of being a little bit different. The person that's put together, there's a hundred of those. I remember that, that feeling at my, my wedding 13 years ago, right? Like my brother-in-law, my wife's from the Dominican originally, my brother-in-law is this big Dominican dude with a fro. He's just this, like you see, you see him and you know him when he enters room. he's like six, right. four, you know, wow. just huge. And, uh, he's like, I'm going to show up in a clown shirt with like a, a thing on my head. And, you know, like Perfect. my wife, she didn't care, but like my sister-in-law, I was like, oh my God, don't do it. I'm like, actually, that would be awesome. Like right? every wedding picture looks the same. Like, oh, okay. Another exactly. perfect photo, but to have him in it and he didn't do it, but to have him in it with like this giant Hawaiian shirt and, you know, like uh, uh, dying his Afro in like different clown, like that would be amazing. That's a story. Totally. Exactly. It's a great story. Right. Well, one of my other favorite sayings is every time a teenager rolls his eyes, an angel gets its wings. And I've launched 
so many angels with their wings through my teenagers. Like you should see my teenagers, Jamie. I think secretly they talk about me behind my back, but to my face, they're always like, oh, here we go. Like, it's so funny, but I don't know. I'm always like an angel just got its wings. I'm so proud. <laughs> I'm helping the I universe. Think that's our episode title. It's a wonderful life. With, with Julie Gates. That's going to be the title of this episode. That is fantastic. fantastic. I'm sorry. I just love messing with my kids. You have no idea. We have this college fund for both of them. I have one in college, but I always say it's either a college fund or a therapy fund. It, yeah. It's their choice. They yeah, can use yeah. it for whichever one they need most. <laughs> They're stuck with it. me. They'll appreciate that. Are you seeing tendencies of yours in them yet? Are you starting to see a little bit of the weird, a little bit of embracing it? Are they starting to like, especially um, the one in college, are they at the point of like, okay, I get kind of what mom's uh, gift is here or no? I wouldn't say that they, they're comfortable being overly unique like sure. I am, but I would say that they both have really good senses of humor. And I'm really proud of that. Like I, yeah. I, you know, we had a couple of dinner parties over Christmas break and I had the kids around adults and they landed a few. And I was like, that's my kid right there. Good. I was really proud of that. And I told them too, I was like, you're funny. And they were like, <laughs> yeah, but I you're would. not. And I'm like, well, I'm hilarious. <laughs> I just think they're just so used to the humor. They just, they just roll their eyes and keep it moving. What, uh, when did you embrace your uniqueness? Have you always? Hmm. That's a good question. I've always been freakishly tall. I'm not, I mean, now I'm not, but growing up. So oh. I think I've always been a little bit awkward. And at some point you just have to say, let's just go with this. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? All my friends with these short blondes, you know, doing gymnastics and, uh, it was just not in the cards. I don't know. That's a really good question. Probably, probably more when I was in Europe. Uh, is when it started, I would say, because I was just completely on my own and there really no one was, I actually wasn't going to see anyone ever again. And I thought, boy, I can really just do whatever the heck I want. And, and I don't know, that's a good question. I've always had a great time and done a lot of travel. Even when I was younger, I would, you know, go on road trips and things in high school, stuff like that. But how do you cultivate this in your kids? Not to get overly deep here, but like your kids for you, you know, you, you're, you, they, they're used to weird mom, they're rolling their eyes. You know, you've gotten plenty yeah. of angels with wings, which is great. Yep. But like, how do you cultivate, like, do you, is there a, how do I put it? If you, if you're somebody who's like reserved, you want your kids maybe to have more of an opened up type of style, like as they grow, right. Or if you're somebody who's had a job, you might want your kids, you know, you wish for your kids to do something on their own, they, to, to live the dreams that you never lived. How do you cultivate that in your kids without taking away their own individuality or can you? You know, that's a good question. Um, I have to say just because I, am completely comfortable with myself. And I always say, you know, what I want most from you, Jamie, as a friend, or maybe my husband or anyone else in my life, I want to be accepted for who I am, right? I don't want to be like, oh, I'll be friends with you, Julie, if you can do this for me, or if you're like that. So like, if you put a box and want me to stand in it, then I don't really like that. So to me, the biggest compliment you can give a friend or someone you love or someone in your family, maybe, I mean, I don't know, is the gift of accepting them for who they are. Like it's kind of rare. We're in a very judgy society now where it's like, Oh, if you don't believe like me, cut, cut, you know, check, whatever. So I've always felt very strongly for my two children. And, and I am not a perfect mother by any means. I I'm, I'm a hot mess, but um, they're seven. My children are 17 and 19 right now. And I try very hard to really accept them for who they are. And it's not always easy because the kids, you know, they're 
they are who they are. They really are born with a personality. I've seen that very clearly. So I think that's a great gift that you can give anyone that you love, which is to say, I want you to be the best version of who you are. You know, not that I'm not going to give you guidance as your mother or your friend or your wife or whatever, but I think that's a very powerful gift to give to anyone is to say, I love you for who you are and I accept you. Uh, that's that's the best I feel that we can do. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think I think for you, something maybe you're not giving yourself enough credit for is what you give to them in terms of showing them what it is to love yourself. Like you yeah. are unabashedly you and your kids know that. So when you say you're not a perfect mother, I mean, I know what you mean when you say that, but it sounds like you're exactly what your kids need. You're the perfect mother for your kids, so. right? Perfect <laughs> wife for your husband, all of that stuff. Perfect in terms of not, you know, not societally perfect, but perfect as you are. So right. I love it. I love the whole authenticity. I was just on another episode before you and we were talking about imposter syndrome and how it rears its head. And I'm sure we all deal with it. I'm sure you've dealt with that as well. Uh, but to hear you talk about embracing who you are and, you know, just being, it's it's inspiring. So I appreciate you giving oh, me that. Good. Yeah, absolutely. It's important. Be weird. Embrace be the weird. weird. That's going to be the title. <laughs> Embrace the weird with Julie. That's going to be it. Absolutely. I know what the title is of the episode. Now. <laughs> I love let's, it. Uh, let's dive in a little bit more on the one sheet. So we talked about horizontal income. I get it. I know where you're making your money. I get the, the lines of income that you have coming in. You're all in on short term. You've been doing that for five years. We talked a bit about your, your kids and family. One thing I wanted to touch on from your husband's perspective, you said he started a business at some point. Do you mind diving in? Like what, what business did he start? What, what is, is he still uh, a physician or is there something else that he's doing right now? My husband is awesome in that when I met him in Tennessee, he was an accountant. He used to work for Ernst & Young. So he has a great finance background. And for the record, I need to get him into GoBundance. He's not in. Sorry. Um, you can text he, connect us. I'll convince him. Yeah. You know what? He <laughs> he is a huge finance person. He's really big into crypto and things like that. So we have very unique, different skills, actually. So anyway, so when I met him, like I said, he was an accountant. And then when I bumped into him, he was in medical school. And I was like, what are you doing? I thought you were an accountant. It's confusing. So he's um, he's an ER board certified ER physician is what he ended up specializing in. But he really it, it's tough being in the ER. You've got to be perfect 24 seven. They're going to come after you. If you're not, you probably won't get paid. You know, it's just a, it's a really tough business. So he actually went into private practice here in Savannah a few years after we uh, moved here. And um, we grew that. I mean, I was a big part of it. I'm proud to say. So he's in private practice now and he absolutely loves it. He did, he was in six uh, locations. He's now down to four. And then he also, we also have a wholesale business with that. It's medical wholesaling. So uh, we've been doing that. We started back in 2005. So those are our two businesses. And then I branched into my company is called Sid was here. Uh, that's another random. I didn't even tell you this. Oh gosh, here we go. Uh, but back to my company, that's my husband. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. So he's the wind beneath my wings on the wind beneath his wings. But anyway, so our son, Josh, when he was 11, started a squirrel rescue. And so we tend to have baby squirrels running around. And if you ever see me carrying a purse, I don't usually carry a purse. Uh, but if I am, there's usually uh, two to six baby squirrels in it because Josh goes to school and I've got to take care of them. So uh, anyway, so his first squirrel that he rescued was her name was Sid and she was awesome. And um, I, when I was looking at real estate, I would see squirrels everywhere. And I was like, oh, Sid. So I named my company Sid was here because everywhere I go, there are squirrels. So anyway, my son's, you know, odd thing, I guess you could say, uh, kind of branched my uh, business. So, yep, that's what started. Sid was here. And that's the name of my property management company, uh, which is named after a squirrel. That's, so anyway. How many times do you have to tell that story? And be like, why is why are you called Sid was here? Yeah, 
Not for, well, sometimes I do have to explain. This is a true story, okay? I was at a property management convention this past year. And, you know, you're wearing a badge and then they had these big place cards for your where you sit. And it said, Julie Gates, Sid was here. And Jamie, people kept coming over to talk to me and they're like, Sid was here. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. And I'm like, what's funny? What's and they funny? were like, that's a funny name. And I was like, what's Sid? Like, that's a great name. So I tell them the story, but yeah, when they first hear it, they think it's funny, but I was just like, okay, but I own that company and you just work at yours. Like, I think I should be laughing at you, dude. Like, come on. It was, it was crazy. That's, so I'm like, that's yeah. okay. I'd rather be a little odd, but I yeah. think you're a lot more memorable than, you know, Johnson Realty Group or whatever. Like, again, I really have no problem being different. So I have a squirrel in my logo. I don't know. I love that. No, that's great. I'm I'm a little curious about the amount of squirrels you tend to on a weekly basis. And we can get to that. But I think you're actually like, it's what we talked about with my brother-in-law with the the costume or whatever, right? Like, it's memorable. Sid was here because you're right. Everything else is Kaizen Rentals and Johnson Realty Group and short-term loving and whatever. Like, oh, okay, I get what it is. Sid was here in, invokes conversation and evokes connection. Exactly. Right? It evokes emotion. It's more interesting. It's, it's yeah. a story. I love yeah. a story. It's the whole, uh, on another episode of this, I, I, uh, the quote that was said by Maya Angelou was like, people don't remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel, right? So yeah. they remember that feeling sure. of like, Sid was here. Interesting. Like they laugh or they get a chuckle or whatever it was. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, squirrels. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like, how, what's this, what's this organization of squirrels look like? Like, do you, do you have to... Like, do you get new ones in every week? Like, I, I'm kind of curious what this rescue looks like. That's a great question. Um, it's very seasonal. They don't tend to have babies when it's cold. So it's not all the time, but people just kind of know that Josh raises squirrels. And so I get Facebook messages or text messages or phone calls and they'll say, we've got a baby and we'll try. Uh, you know, we can't always accommodate. My son is actually quite an athlete. So he's, we spend a lot of time on the road. Uh, he's, getting ready for college now with that. So sometimes we can't accommodate if we know we're going to be gone. Like last June, last May and June, I think I was, we were in a hotel, Josh and I probably 30 or 40 nights. And it's just, we've taken the squirrels along with us if we can, but we had to turn away a few at that point. So yeah, it just depends on what we have going on, but he does a great job. And this kid started at 11. He started with these squirrels and he would get up with them at night. He and my husband built a cage. We have the, we have a teeny little cat cage in our house if they're infants because we have a cat and cats and baby squirrels are not a good combination in case you're wondering so when they're really little and they're in the cage we in the house we keep in a cage and then josh moves into an outdoor cage which we have underneath my front porch and it was cool because he built it to where there's uh doors on either side and there are uh, feeding troughs and he has a cuddle box because squirrels really like to burrow. So once they get old enough, they have enough fur and their eyes are open and you know, you don't want them running around your house. Right, so right. he moves them out to the outdoor cage. This is all my son. Okay. I'm his right hand, but this is my son. And then he, he leaves the doors open when he feels that they're old enough. They, we acclimatize them to the outside. Then he leaves the doors open and they start to kind of move out slowly and we continue to feed them. We still feed them, you know, every day when I pull into my garage, I'll have a couple of squirrels waiting and I'll, they love cashews. I know that sounds crazy, but salted cashews. If you ever want to feed a squirrel, they, it's like crack cocaine. Makes sense. Yep. So we try to keep, you know, we feed them. We don't really hold them a whole lot once they're in the wild. We kind of yeah. want them to move into the wild and be, you know, they don't come back. Away. They don't, they, they don't just find their way back once they're, once they're adults. They come back for cashews all the yeah. time. They they stick around. We, we live on acreage, you know, so we definitely want That's them to expensive hear. nut. Like cashews aren't cheap. 
we happily provide salted cashews <laughs> for our more short term rentals to provide yeah. more cashews. And to, the to guests love it. We had, let me tell you, we had guests. We had two houses on our, I have two Airbnbs on my property here in Savannah. And we had two houses full of, I think we had four families in two houses during Hurricane Irma. We had seven baby squirrels. And when there's no electricity, there's no cable, there's no nothing. Josh was running around squirrels, you know, let the kids play with them. So the guests actually really like it. They'll request to feed squirrels when they're here. So it's kind of fun. We have a good time with it. Yeah, no, that's get done with everything. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. No matter what, you're having fun. Um, how about uh, uh, health? Like, where's your focus there? Diet, exercise, whatever you want to talk about in that category. Um, I, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur and I work pretty hard and I, I'm terrible because I definitely put my health last. Um, you know, I try to keep my weight under control, but I don't exercise enough. So I've got to do better. One of my, uh, pod sisters. Her name is Zarema and she keeps me accountable. Um, you know, we have our watches, uh, synced or however you do that, but oh, I, wow. that's one of the things I really need to do. I need to exercise more. Um, it just, you know, I'm sure you have the same, like your job sometimes is really, really busy. And sometimes you have a good amount of time to yourself. So I kind of struggle with that, like keeping a schedule. Makes sense. Yeah. I know my best is when I get up extra early and I go get it out of the way. First thing, yeah. sometimes I'm up extra late, you know, like my, my mind is going, there's stuff I want to do. And I, you know, I'm inspired in this moment. I'm going to do it. So the next morning, waking up at four or five in the morning, is just right. like, it ain't in the cards. Like I got to prioritize sleep, you know, there's all this stuff. So now I completely get it. I think all of us do. Um, I, I miss snowboarding. I wish I could just go snowboarding every weekend and that would handle it, but there aren't any mountains in Savannah. I was gonna say, it's you can move flat. up here in Michigan. I've got a mountain right out this, like about right around the corner, half really? a mile from my house. There you go. It's, so it's a hill. Let's not call it. It's a, like a, it's an, a knoll we'll call it, but people ski and snowboard down it. So nice. <laughs> uh, how about contribution? Where, uh, where is it that you like to give back, whether it's time, money, energy, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, we, t- we tithe, you know, 10%, but one thing I do, and I'm really have enjoyed, and I hope everyone will consider this, but I don't have a specific goal because these things kind of have to be organic, but I'm really big on um, random acts of service. And um, I have been amazed how many times, you know, something has come my way where I, you see an E, you go, oh, wow, you know, let me, let me help that person. Uh, So I really try to do several very, you know, solid, like random acts of kindness, uh, a quarter, I, um, one of my favorites, uh, this sounds crazy, but, um, whenever I'm working on a new short-term rental, I'm very much in that neighborhood. I'm telling the neighbors who I am, what I'm doing, who's coming, you know, it's the neighbors actually do a lot for me. Uh, they, they're great ambassadors. They'll greet my guests. You know, I just want them happy. I usually I'm bringing a neighborhood up anyway, because the house has to be at a good, you know, a space, but we had these two neighbors. They were so sweet. They were elderly. And of course they always come by, they go, Oh, what are you, are you going to be renting the home? You know, cause they, they want to upgrade or whatever. And so she saw the washer drawer come in and she said, Oh, I'm so jealous. We just have a washing machine. I said, what? And they, they didn't have a dryer. And so I started having them do their laundry at my Airbnb. And it, you know, it was such a random thing, but they were so excited. Every time I would go over there, I'd go get their stuff and take it and dry it and bring it back. And it was, you know, just stuff like that, you know, being a good neighbor, I think is huge. And I know it was very random that some strange property manager was like, can I do your laundry? I'm here. Do you have, and they, they started just having it ready for me. Weird. And I Right. I'm so weird. But now when I go see them, I, I can't do their laundry anymore, unfortunately, because the unit is full, but I really enjoyed getting to know them 
just by doing their laundry. They were just the most lovely people. And I was just really proud to be a good neighbor. And, you know, I just want to encourage you guys, like there's not the typical random acts of kindness, you know, that you would think, oh, give a $20 bill to XYZ, you know, like a service thing like that can mean a lot to people. So anyway, for what it's worth. No, I love that. I think that's fantastic. And again, as is as is everything here, I love your uniqueness. I love that unique take on contribution. It's it's Please unbelievable. Steal my children. Yes, uh, <laughs> they can listen to this. We'll play it for them. Put it over speakers where they can't figure out where they right. are. Lock them in the room. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, let's wrap this up with a question from the GoMundans card game. And the question is: When did you not speak up when you really know you should have? Oh gosh, when mm. did I not speak up when I know I should have? Um, I'm not as good on the fly, Jamie. Um, <laughs> I okay. I'm gonna think of an occurrence, hopefully, but I have to say that I used to have a hard time controlling my mouth, you know. And as a teenage girl, you get in trouble because you end up gossiping about people or whatever. And I heard this fantastic quote uh, where he said, "I've rarely, if ever, regretted." Uh, not saying something that I wanted to say. And I thought that's so true. So I have to say, because of my personality and I do tend to talk probably too much, sometimes for me, some of my proudest moments have been when I wanted to say something and I didn't. I I had a situation recently where I was a little frustrated with someone and I really just let it go. And I'm proud because I just, I know that was the right thing to do, even though I was really kind of frustrated. So I want to say too, that sometimes there's power in not speaking up, especially when it's emotion related. I'm not saying right versus wrong and don't say anything. I am in no way saying that, but um, as a female myself, you know, sometimes my emotion does take over and I don't want to mess up and say something out of emotion and hurt someone and then go, wow, I shouldn't have said that. So I have to say, that's kind of one of the things that I've really worked on, you know, being adult is like, not saying what I want to say and kind of, kind of shutting it down. So I know I didn't really answer the question. You, I'm sorry. you answered it in your way. It was perfect. Right. It was I weird. love what you just said. Cause I think you're right. I mean, I, I don't think it's woman, man, like even me, you get emotional. You want to lash out sometimes. Right. It's like, take a second, you know, don't sweat it. If it's not such a big deal, you know, most right. of the time, probably 99% of the time, maybe even more, uh, it, it can, it's not something that needs to be said. In fact, it's probably more, more hurtful and you have to unravel things and go back and redo if you do right now. So exercise some restraint. I think exactly. it's great. the Julie Gates story. I've got a bunch of titles here. Now I can think of for the <laughs> exercising restraint with Julie Gates. Where can people learn more about you, about uh, Sid was here, about anything you want to, you want to leave with all of us? Yeah. I reach out, come to my pod, you know, short terminal pod. Um, Sid was is my website. I'd love for you to reach out anytime. If you have any needs or if you have any good blonde jokes, or if you have any great stories, I love a great story. And I love blonde jokes. Those are my favorite. I have blonde hair. If you're listening to this, um, I think the only way to be funny is to laugh at yourself of that. I am certain. And so I try to laugh at myself every day, but, um, my email is Julie at Sid That's probably the best way to reach out to me. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just, it's just a pleasure. I've gotten so much out of being a part of this group. I have to say that it's just been a huge blessing in my life. I joined because I was very lonely. I just really had my husband to talk business with and that was it. And it was such a huge part of my day-to-day routine. So getting this group where everyone was just really motivated and into their own thing and, and everyone was on their own kind of level of weird. I hate to say it that way, but I mean that as a compliment. Uh, and I was like, awesome. So it's just been wonderful to be part of this group. I can't even tell you how much I've enjoyed it. 
can't can't disagree. I, I learned of a guy at the last event that sells exotic snakes for a living. You talk about like Love it. you know, quote unquote weird, right? Like we all do yeah. things that that are passionate for us. So it is it is nice Absolutely. to be able to celebrate that a little bit with the right. Yeah. People. So. I love that's that's the guy I'd want to sit next to at a party right there. Yeah, yeah, me too. I wouldn't want what he sells next to me, though. I'm not a snake guy, but the stories were good. OK, I have to tell you a story. I'm sorry, okay. Jamie. I love stories. I'm sorry. Go so, you it. know, I told you my husband was from his parents were missionaries right in South America. So he has a lot of great stories. But his older brother, what Don was still in Bolivia and his older brother came to visit from college down to Bolivia. His family and my husband were down there. So back this is back in the. I'm going to say 80s, you know, you could bring snakes and other things up and nobody really checked your suitcase. So my husband, when they would come up, when they would come to the States, they would bring things like this back and they would sell them. Okay. This is a trick. This is long ago. Don't yell at me. It's not me. It wasn't. No, it grosses me out. I don't care about whatever. Like snakes just give me the heebie jeebies, but go ahead. Continue, please. So I won't say the name because my husband does have two brothers, but one of his brother was visiting Don and his parents in Bolivia, and he came back with a suitcase full of tarantulas to sell. Oh. He did. This is a true story. True story. Oh, of tarantulas. Tarantulas. This That's is a amazing. nightmare. This is true. And he was came back to the dorm at his college and they got loose. Oh, come on. And he didn't say a word. Oh, my he God. actually, it did not get out that it was him. And we were at their home in Peru. Uh, I'm sorry, it was in Peru. I, I said Bolivia, but yeah, yeah. I heard the story when we were at the at their post in Peru, and they told us about the brother going back with the suitcase full of tarantulas, and they got loose, and the the college was just hell bent on finding out who had let all these tarantulas go. Yeah. And this dude kept his mouth shut. I said I would have had the hardest time, but yeah, that's a true story. Wow, a tarantula infested that'll infest- reduce admissions. That'll reduce admissions fast. I would have left. But he lost out on all that money. He was devastated by the lack of cash how mu- flow. How much do you get for a tarantula? And how many were there? Do you have any idea? I, I can find out for you and report back. I don't. I want to be a truth teller and I truly don't know. But they would always bring back snakes and tarantulas and sell them when they came up. And my husband said they would just stuff them in bags and throw them in the suitcase. And, oh, Don has the best stories. He really does. It's, oh my it's God. a good time. A suitcase full of tarantulas. I, yes. I don't want to ever think about that again. Sorry. Oh, I thought that was well, great, though. Julie, thanks for weirding me out at the very end here. God in heaven, snakes and tarantulas. Mental image of dreams ending? for days. No, it's it was it was a very good ending because it's unique and original and all of that. But oh, tarantulas and snakes. Those are two like spider. I like a little spider this big. I make my wife kill. I hate them. I hate them. So. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for coming on, for freaking me out, for uh, for sharing your story. It's been Maybe great, it honestly. Memorable. hundred <laughs> percent memorable. This will be one of the more memorable episodes that I've filmed. So, thank you so much for that. And honestly, it's been a great, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for uh, jumping Welcome. on with me. Nice to meet you. Thank you so thank much you. for having me. Well, that's it for this episode, but be sure you subscribe for future episodes. Give us a rating and review as well. It just helps us grow the podcast, grow the reach, and give as much value as we can to you on a week-to-week basis. Be sure to go over and check out GoBundance.com while you're at it. Check out Emerge if you're a future millionaire, our elite division if you're in that $1 to $5 million range, or our champion division at $5 million plus. Or on the women's side, GoBundance Women is available for all of you to join an amazing group of millionaire entrepreneurial women. And if you haven't already, 
Jump on tribeofmillionaires.com and order the book that is the namesake of this podcast. And you'll learn all about what this whole GoBundance thing is, what masterminds are about, and the power of community, accountability, connection, and all of that as you pursue your goals. Thanks for listening again. We'll talk to you soon. 